1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more
0: with Viator. What's going on, everybody? R. G. Ochoa here from SB Nation bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and uh, man, do we have a lot to talk about. Welcome to our Dallas Cowboys post game show here at bloggingtheboys.com. If you are with us live, you're watching on the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel or the Blogging the Boys Facebook page. We do these after every single Dallas Cowboys game. Other notable moments. Obviously, we're here to discuss the Cowboys 27-17 win on the road against the New Orleans Saints on Thursday night football. Your Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, Our Dallas Cowboys improved to 8-4 and with the win, big-time win in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, we have a lot to unpack as far as what happened at the Superdome, the Caesars Superdome, if you feel uh, in a corporate mood. Uh, the Cowboys get off the schneid, they break the two-game losing streak, they are now back once again to their winning ways. They have the mini-buy coming up. The next time we see the Dallas Cowboys will be next Sunday, so we have a weekend's worth of conference championships, we get to watch, obviously, the Red Zone channel all day Sunday, you get to root for your fantasy team and whatnot. Uh, It has been a, a long stretch, obviously, since the Cowboys played in Kansas City, we know about this every year, they take the deep breath for their Thanksgiving Day game, then You know, more often than not, they do play on this Thursday night, seven days after Thanksgiving. Tomorrow, I did see the comment a moment ago, is Victory Polo Monday? I know it's a Friday. I know it's weird. It's still Victory Polo Monday as I hit the microphone here. I'm thankful I didn't fall off. Uh, Victory Polo Monday coming your way uh tomorrow on friday if you uh want to participate take a photo of yourself tag us on twitter i'm at rjocho both on twitter and instagram uh we are blogging the boys on twitter we are blogging dot the dot boys on instagram by the way thank you to everyone sharing your spotify wrapped list with us letting us know we were one of your top podcasts throughout the year that was and has been 2021 let's get to your comments because this is a unique postgame show our mission is to be a show of the people here at Blog of the Boys. We are driven by you. I am merely your puppet. You control me with all your strings. We go in the direction that you want to. We will, of course, tackle winners and losers and honorable mentions from the Cowboys win in New Orleans. First thing, uh, Odessa Graham, I know some people will ask this I just want to get it out of the way, asking me how's the baby. My wife gave birth to our son last week, Roella Ochoa III, doing very well. Thank you for all the comments and tweets and messages I've gotten over the course of the last week. His birthday will fall on Thanksgiving next year we're very excited very thankful very blessed so thank you to all of you uh it's a unique relationship we all have we're all a part of each other and you guys are a part of my life and so it means a lot that you would ask that but let's get to our super chats shout out to Casey Cooper first of all thank you for the super chat Casey saying eight and four feels a lot better than seven and five is this the Falcons Cowboys or the Chiefs Cowboys RJ please talk about returning players and their impact appreciate your content as always thank you very much Casey Cooper now Look, um, this is about as as bad of a way that you can feel after a win, right? And I think we all feel that way. Uh, You know, the Cowboys won. Cool. Awesome. We're we're not, we don't wish that was different, right? We're all very happy and satisfied that the Cowboys still won this football game. As Casey mentions, eight and four is much better than seven and five. The Cowboys did keep some breathing room in the NFC East last week with the Eagles losing. And so we'll see what happens this week, but the Cowboys did their part, you know, as far as getting a win here in week 13. However, man, I am I mean, this was tough. And in case you mentioned all the returning players, I don't know if anybody realizes this and shout out to a friend of the show, Bobby Belt from NFL Network. This was literally the first time ever that Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Lyle Collins all took the field together. We had never seen a Dallas Cowboys game where all of those players were in a single game. Obviously, Lyle missing all of last year and then everything we know that has happened this season. And so having all these weapons back, you know, we, we, that's what we've been told, right? That's what we've been telling ourselves. That's what we've been telling a lot of other people. Man, you know, when, when Amari gets back, it's going to be different. The offense is different with him. C.D. he's been out, got knocked out against Kansas City, right? You know, and, and, you know, we, we're going to get into the defensive side of this thing, and you know, spoiler alert for our winners list, but man, this is really troubling. Um, it, I, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean it the way that it sounds, but it is time to panic, I, and I don't mean, like, freak out, SpongeBob, Patrick, you know, screaming, running around, but it is definitely time to panic and wonder whether we have seen the peak of the Dallas Cowboys offense so far this season, they have not looked anything like who they were over the first half of the year. Yes, they had the nice performance against Atlanta, but I think that we can look at that now, and we can obviously derive that the Falcons are an outlier. They're a terrible football team, but the Cowboys offense has looked flat against Denver, against Kansas City, against Vegas, all the way up to the fourth quarter. Yes, they turned it on late, but that really was kind of meaningless in the grand scheme of things, and then obviously tonight against the New Orleans Saints, and so it has been a really poor showing for the Cowboys offense, and that is certainly something that that is fair to be concerned about. Uh, Shout out to Murder, she wrote. Thank you for the super chat. Says, victory polo all weekend long and Monday. Winners, Dan Quinn defense. We will get to the winners and losers momentarily, but Dan Quinn did not make my winners list, uh, but Dan Quinn definitely gets an honorable mention. We put him on the cover image of our final score graphic at Blogging the Voice. Huge credit, huge kudos to Dan Quinn for showing up, being the head coach tonight in New Orleans. His guy, Demonte Kazee, got one of the interceptions. We'll get to some highlights as well. We will have a full highlight show available for you by the way on Friday morning on our YouTube channel so make sure you pay attention to that uh but kudos to Dan Quinn not an easy thing Lonnie thank you for the super chat says said this last week three and outs last four of five weeks now and it do not help our defense something got to give because watching our offense is depressing you know, the Cowboys got, I mentioned the DeMonte because the interception got that one. And then the Trayvon Diggs interception late in this game in the fourth quarter up by 10 points. Right. And that's typically been, you know, we've all been like like my new son, just these nestled babies. Right. Just sleeping so passive when the Cowboys offense has been at work this season. And now it's nothing like that. Think about this. The Cowboys got two turnovers in the fourth quarter up by 10 points and needed to ice the game. And Kellen Moore's offense went three and out after each of them. That is awful. That is embarrassing. That is unacceptable. That is simply not enough. There are a number of people. Some of you are here in our live chat, or are watching or listening after the fact on the Block of the Boys Podcast Network. That have said that have told people, you know, if I were in charge of the Dallas Cowboys after this season, I'd fire Mike McCarthy. I'd promote Kellen Moore to head coach. In no universe should Kellen Moore be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, the Chicago Bears, Notre Dame, LSU, whatever you want to call it. Kellen Moore has regressed. We have seen that. And that doesn't mean that he still can't become an elite offensive coordinator or elite head coach. But he is not one of the better offensive coordinators in the NFL right now. The Cowboys offense is trapped. And it's no longer trapped because players are missing from it, like we've already discussed. It is trapped because Kellen Moore cannot get out of his own way. And I know the Fox broadcast is obsessed with running the ball. Kellen Moore is obsessed with running the ball, just not in the way that Troy Akerman and Joe Buck want to see it. Kellen, dude, you don't have to run it on first down, up the middle every single time. That is not going to work. That that wasn't working, and if it's not working, it's not going to magically all of a sudden start to work. And so Kellen Moore, I think, is a very high point of concern for all of us, uh, which is unfortunate given the way this season started. Eli Perkins, thank you for the Super Chats. There's no excuse for crappy offensive play on decline, IMO. Here's the thing. I don't want to turn this into, you know, the blame game and and somebody's in the wrong, somebody's in the right, et cetera. By the way, CeeDee Lamb joining Michael Irvin and Colleen Wolf on the postgame on NFL Network. Uh, We'll see if he says anything different. Uh, The note on NFL Network, by the way, notes it is the Cowboys' first win in New Orleans since 2009. You will recall, obviously, the Cowboys knocked off the undefeated Saints in that game 12 years ago, but that was also in December, by the way. Uh, But anyway, um, yeah, I mean – You have to wonder how much the Cowboys missed Mike McCarthy and and the response to that is, well, the offense has been bad for over a month now. Uh, But there's no question about it that there is no excuse. It is time to hold Kellen Moore's feet to the fire. He has been the last person to bear any responsibility for how the Cowboys offense has played so far this year, but there's no question that what he is doing is not working, and that is something that we have to address with five games left on the season. Brian, thank you for the super chat. Uh, says winner, our Joe Cho with the new baby and still bringing the fire for B2B. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Says happy belated B-Day, Roel. Again, thank you so much to Brian. It, it really does. Um, I know that this is a unique relationship, like I said, that all of us have. It, it means a lot to me and my family that you guys are, are part of our family in this way. Um, so seriously, I'm very moved. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Anthony says, a huge W, Dak, and the offense pretty ugly, but long rest and reinforcements coming. And I think <clears throat> You know, I don't think Anthony is is trying to put lipstick on a pig. It is fair. And, And we all know because, again, more often than not since 2014, this has been what the Cowboys have gone through. Sunday, Thanksgiving Day. Thursday after. And it is a a mess of a run, right? I mean, I think I speak for you in saying, like, I feel disoriented. You feel disoriented. I mean, you know, I've got a little bit more going on. You know, that's that's a little bit of the challenge right now. But this this time of year, this particular stretch the Cowboys go on, it does mess with us. And it messes with them. And, yes, they were not on a short week this week because they did play last Thursday. But unlike every other team in the NFL, save for, obviously, the New Orleans Saints, the Cowboys don't get their mini-bye after their first Thursday game. They don't get that week and a half right away. They have to go right away, seven days after that Thursday game, so they're in chaos. And not only were they in their natural chaos, that the schedule obviously incites because of who they are and being the Dallas Cowboys, but they were without Mike McCarthy. They were without Joe Philbin. They were without all these staffers and Terrence Steele and, you know, nashan Wright. I mean, it has just been a chaotic week. And so I, I do buy a little bit that – you know, and, and and look, if you watched our preview show, if you listen to any of our podcasts, I have said, you know what, Cowboys, you don't need to go to New Orleans and hang 50 on them or hang 40 on them. Just go get the win. Get us to a point where we can enjoy the weekend. We can relax, where you can rest up. You can get right. I do believe that there is something to that, to, to really kind of stabilizing, you know, where things are at. I mean, it's been a long time. Since the Cowboys played back-to-back games on two straight Sundays, think about that. Last time the Cowboys played back-to-back games on two straight Sundays were the Atlanta Falcons and Kansas City Chiefs games, and so those feel like forever ago at this point. So, I mean, m- maybe that helps, but there are some some different decisions that have to be made, and that's something that you know maybe the Cowboys aren't willing to you know think about themselves. Vance, thank you very much for the super chats. Says, do we take into account that Coop and Lamb, Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb, obviously are just returning from injury? Also, are you about to? start the Dan Mullen for offensive coordinator train I will not start the train but I'm certainly here to conduct whatever trains uh you guys all want to be a part of I I think that's fair but I mean we saw Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb flash moments in this game right and so it's not like they were totally inept or totally unable to perform or anything like that I think the true offensive issues if, if you're isolating it to players is along the offensive line this offensive line looks awful right now and they're fully you know You could say they're fully healthy. Obviously, Terrence Steele's on the COVID list, but they are fully the version of what a lot of people want to see. A lot of people have wanted to see Connor Williams benched and Terrence Steele obviously not playing right tackle and Lyle Collins playing right tackle. I don't know that this is a simple like just put Connor Williams back at left guard and everything fixes itself. But and and maybe, you know, the Cowboys do miss Joe Philbin more than we're obviously, you know, understanding at this point in time. But I, I don't think the issue is Amari and CD. I think Dak was really bad tonight. And and, you know, that's an uncomfortable conversation to have because we all love Dak Prescott, but Dak has not been very good over the last month. I mean, he's had some great moments obviously had some great moments against Atlanta had a really great fourth quarter against Vegas had the great touchdown at Dalton Schultz had some nice throws tonight against New Orleans, but Dak has been bad. Ezekiel Elliott is this and and Zeke is banged up and you can obviously have that conversation, but Man, I mean, there are particular details that are not necessarily shining through for the Cowboys' offense, and so I'm not necessarily worried about Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb as much as I are a couple of other different players. JJ, thank you for the super chat. Says, okay, I came here to see everyone complain about Dak. LOL, because uh, IG he was Baker Mayfield today. I think as IG is a, is this is this code for something? Am I reading this improperly? It was it was not a great day for Dak Prescott, and and I don't think there's a Cowboys fan out there that is going to try and pretend that Dak Prescott has been playing well. The Cowboys offense, Dak Prescott included. In fact, Dak Prescott to a large degree of this was completely carried by the, by the Cowboys defense tonight. And yes, the Cowboys defense, obviously uh, this is a weird shot by the way of Michael Irvin and CD lamb on, on NFL network, but uh, sorry, that was distracting. Um, You know, I know that Taysom Hill had his moments, and that was really frustrating tonight, obviously, but ultimately, this Cowboys defense was the reason that they won, and if this Cowboys team tonight in New Orleans had played somebody else, and I hate to say this because I don't think they're a good football team, no pun intended, but if Dallas had played Washington, I don't know that they win. I I really, you know, the Cowboys were so lucky that they played a really just trash team in the Saints and a trash quarterback. In Taysom Hill. And I think the worry, and I, I imagine you share this to some degree, is that the Cowboys are gonna kind of be smelling themselves a little bit, like they did entering the Denver game. They're gonna say, We're back, we're fixed, we got all these takeaways, we're good, let's go. And then Taylor Heineke has his way with them next Sunday, uh in Washington. And so that's a concern, but Man, um, this offense just has not been good uh, for a long time. It's been a very long time at this point since the offense has been something that we can trust. FKIT Crush says, back to the winning ways on defense at least. This was the the best overall, I think, defensive performance we've seen from the Cowboys this season. And that's just such a hard thing to say seriously. It's true. But it's hard to take it seriously because it was against Taysom Hill and it was against the New Orleans Saints and Alvin Kamara wasn't there and you know their whole their whole off you know their whole team was broken. I mean, so it's it's hard to to feel good about that being true, but it is true. It's just a reality again that the Cowboys drew a Saints team that was really, really just kind of running on fumes. FKIT Crutch, thank you again. Says also remember I said Kellen Moore is figured out. You have been leading that charge, uh, F Kit Crutch. So good for you. Uh, it has not been a good time for Kellen Moore. Hillary Molly Vegas. Thank you for the super chat says when Cooper is fully back at Washington, it will be better. Smiley face, the old smiley face, by the way, with the semicolon and the open parentheses. Uh, I guess that's the close parentheses actually. Uh, But I feel like it's many things. Zeke is hurt. The line isn't working great. And Kellen's play calling is atrocious. All caps atrocious. Um, He has to adjust. I mean, man, uh, the comment under this one from Odessa Graham says, Kellen Moore's plays are predictable. Seriously, dude. I mean, Kellen, what's up, man? I mean, we're you know there's a lot of data out here. Kellen, what are you doing just running into box after box after box running on first down, running right up the middle. I mean, here's the thing here. The the Tony Pollard touchdown that saved them really was an awful play. Let's get this highlight up here. We haven't played any highlights yet. Here is the Tony Pollard touchdown which was awesome. Don't get me wrong, I'm very happy that Tony Pollard scored, but this is all Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard bailed Kellen Moore out here.
1: Toss Pollard. Tony Pollard down the sideline. Jets are on. Touchdown, Dallas.
2: 58 yards, and Tony Pollard just showed the world how fast he is. Well, he sure showed Marcus Williams, but you got Carl Granderson who's going to get up the field. He's the only guy who's got a shot. And then after that, but Marcus Williams is playing center field and he's slow playing it thinking that he's got the angle and he didn't want Pollard cutting back against him and he's got the sideline to work with. So the way that he's playing, he never gets there. He underestimates Pollard's speed.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice,
0: Second and 10, and granted, I'll give Kellen more. He's running to the outside as opposed to up the middle on this particular play. But second and 10, and you're pitching it backwards, Kellen. I mean, what, you know, you have one of, and and I know that Dak is not playing well. And so maybe, you know, if if we're exploring all possibilities, maybe Kellen is, is coaching around Dak Prescott right now. Dak's not playing well, right? We have to admit that. We have to be fair. We have to properly allocate the blame here, and Kellen deserves his fair share. But man alive! I mean, what do you what is what do you think is going to happen? Do you think every time you do something like this that the Tony Pollard is just going to thread that needle and break through like that again? Incredible play from Tony Pollard, um, but. You know, just that that does not work more often than not. By the way, on this uh, particular play, a note from Dallas Cowboys PR, and this is an uncomfortable conversation to have. Tony Pollard's 58 yard touchdown run was the longest of his career and the longest rush by a Cowboy since Alfred Morris's 70 yard run against the Los Angeles Rams. In 2017, the reason I say this is an uncomfortable conversation is I know there are a lot of Zeke stands out there. I'm not trying to turn this conversation into a Zeke is terrible. Zeke is awful. Zeke is the worst running back of all time. Blah, blah. We're not going to relitigate the contract. We're not going to go through all that. That's water under the bridge. We have to accept it for what it is at this particular point. However, if we are being objective, if we are being rational, if we are being fair, I don't I don't know how anyone can objectively, rationally, fairly say that Zeke Elliott deserves to start or play over Tony Pollard right now, and I know Zeke is hurt, so let him rest. You know, and and that that's a really strange phenomenon. You know, last week over the weekend, after the Cowboys lost to the Raiders on Thanksgiving, there was the report from ESPN that Zeke Elliott might actually be inactive against New Orleans. In fact, the report specifically said he's not so injured that he needs to go on injured reserve, but the Cowboys might give him a game off. Give him a game off. We don't need to see this. This is this is hurting more than it's helping. And it's not just hurting the offense and the team. It's hurting Zeke. You're not doing anybody any favors by trying to force this issue right now. It is clear. It is obvious. It is abundantly clear and abundantly obvious that Tony Pod is a better runner in our given moment than Zeke Elliott. So quit trying to make this happen. Uh, next super chat. Thank you from Emmett rules. The world says happy we won, but yikes. Kellen Moore has not been good. He needs to learn how to adapt the situation. Simply no excuse. And I'm not very pleased. I think you speak for the world. Emmett who rules the world. It's yeah. I mean, again, nobody is, nobody's sitting here saying man I wish we lost you know that would have really showed him something nobody feels that way but it is it is as empty of a win as you can possibly have and it counts just the same as the awesome win against New England or against Minnesota without Dak Prescott it, it counts just the same and that's a good thing and we'll all feel a little bit better tomorrow we'll feel a little bit better on Saturday and you know we'll feel a little bit better if the Eagles lose the Jets and something like that but um, right now it's it's a nice thing that happened but um, you know, we definitely don't feel great about. It's like when you eat a meal that you're, you know, that was, like, healthy for you. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you had grilled chicken and you know, it's not, it wasn't even like good. It, there was no like seasoning on it. It was just grilled chicken, and it was fine. And you had broccoli, like the kind of broccoli that's in the bag. You put it in the microwave, and it was fine. I mean, it was healthy. It's it's literally nutrients for you to live. Uh, but it, there was no taste to it, and it was it was kind of dull. And that's just what this game was like for the Cowboys in New Orleans. But uh, let's keep going here. Um, let's see, catching up on everything you guys are saying. You are all. Uh, shocker here uh, rather pissed rather upset and I can't say I blame you so okay let's see we've got one more here Brian rail uh, thank you for the super chat again says Cowboys have Tony Parr to step in for Zeke for a game or two so Zeke can get right not many teams have two number one running backs I agree I mean and that's why I don't understand why you would force this Zeke issue right now let him get right We'd seen the Cowboys really be responsible about Zeke Elliott's usage early on this season. And it seems like all the, the principles that they kind of carried from, or carried from a logic standpoint have really dissipated and really withered away. It feels like the Cowboys have just become this, this shell of who we knew them to be through the first six weeks of the season, which is a little bit of a troubling trend, if we're being totally honest. Uh, let's see here. Let's go next. Uh, Thomas K, I uh, think of the Super Chat, says, yeah, let's run up the cut every first and then only throw to C D. Such a formula to win. Thank God for taste some splint. I mean, you know, Taysom Hill is already um, not a great quarterback, and you take away one of his fingers, and it gets even worse. Um, so um, yeah, it's tough. Johnny Boy uh, RN says, uh, and uh, I think I'm not sure if you're a registered nurse, Johnny Boy. I assume, but thank you for uh, for being on the front lines. If so number one in the division, but we look like a paper tiger. It's hard. It's hard to argue that the Cowboys are not a paper tiger right now. They're eight and four. Uh, but this is a really weak win. It counts the same, but you know, it is what it is. Jessica uh, says on YouTube, I am glad McCarthy watched this game from the hotel room and heard the commentators and saw everything from a different point of view. Hopefully, maybe something will change. I like this take. This is a meta take, so to speak. Maybe Mike McCarthy is, you know, here in Troy Aikman, Joe Buck saying, Man, do we really run the ball that much? Like, or, or you know, are we really like this? Like, do you know, do people think this of us? That's that's a really interesting uh perspective that Mike McCarthy might have. Obviously, something has to change. I mean, it, it is th- this this offense can you can't. This is not a sustainable way to play football and and win deep into the playoffs. Obviously, win a Super Bowl. It just isn't. Um. So it is. Uh, John Phillips says, "Let Zeke rest that knee." Um. You know, just catching up here on what everybody's saying as far as Zeke. Uh. Tim says, "I'd let him rest and get back to basics with this offense." Uh. Mike Carrier uh, says, "We're eight and four. Quit crying." Mike, I want to be very clear about something. Nobody's crying, all right? Nobody is crying, Mike. However, uh, we are upset, and we're upset because it has been a very long time since this team that we all root for and love and obsess about. It's been a very long time since they did anything of significance, right? You would agree with that, even though you think that we're crying here. And the reason that we are upset about it is because if they continue to play like this, then it is going to continue to be this situation that pisses all of us off. That's what we're upset about. That's why we're crying, so to speak, because we know that this isn't good enough. We we know that this team is, more, is too talented to play this way. We know that. So we are expecting more. We are demanding more. We are trying to will more into existence. And so, Mike, if you're just going to say, well, they won, you know, I don't think you're really evaluating this fairly. I, I mean, I don't think you are because this this is a win, yes, and they deserve credit for that. Dan Quinn deserves a lot of credit. We're going to get to our winners and losers and honorable mentions, but, I mean, this was an ugly win. I mean, this they looked way less impressive in this win than they did in their loss against Tampa for example now you would take the win 100 out of 100 times but this is these are fair things to bring up and uh fair points of criticism Hector thank you for the super chat says the reason why they are not sitting Zeke is because he is our number one pass blocker well you know what i would say to that is okay cowboys you you got the offensive line back right Tyron's back you know obviously Zach Martin's been there Lyle Collins is there you know you've you've made your choice at left guard you should not need that and so if if that's what this has come to, then this is broken in a way that is beyond repair. But you know, we'll see obviously. Uh if the Cowboys do give Zeke a moment to rest. Thomas, thank you again for the super chat. Says this was not a quality win. Dak and Kellen have been a liability. Anyone saying anything else, uh, have are just casual fans. So we've got a fight between Thomas and Mike. If I am refereeing this, I am agreeing with Thomas. I don't I'm not saying anyone's not a real fan or whatever, but I mean it, you you cannot just be you you cannot just see the cowboys win and say, "Good, we're good, baby. All right, bring on the weekend. yeah, enjoy your life. but this this is this is troubling. um and, and this is troubling because, It's something that was awesome and that has now regressed and there's no explainable reason for that. And so that is a really, really, um, I, you know, unideal situation for the Cowboys to be in, uh, Hillary, Molly Vegas. Thank you again for the super chats as well said RJ. Hey, I like that part of the comments (laughs) and says they have to clean up the offense. It is awful. DJ dog 31. Our offense is sluggish and Kellen tried to keep the saints in the game with idiotic play calling. Seriously. I mean, like how many times, how many Cowboys seasons have we watched where, you know, we have said, man, if, if this team just had a defense, if, if they can just get a stop, if they can just get a turnover. And I know that it's hard to see and contextualize because the Saints are awful and because Taysom Hill is so bad. But in the fourth quarter with the Cowboys up by 10 points. You know, they got back-to-back turnovers, back-to-back interceptions from DeMonte Kazee and Trayvon Diggs, and they did nothing. I mean, you know, it's not like they even picked up a first down and then, you know, had a weird fluky thing. Maybe you could say on the second one, CeeDee Lamb got rocked on the third down attempt. I mean, fine. If you you really want to move some goalposts, that's fine. I mean, they did absolutely nothing. All due respect to him. Carlos Watkins contributed more to the cause than the offense that we all hype up and do. And- Talk about and tweet about and buy jerseys for. I mean, we're the ones, all of us saying Dak and Amari and CD and Gallup and Tyron and Martin and Lyell, watch out, NFL. How are you gonna stop this? We're we're like when ESPN, you know, when Odell signs with the Rams, we're the ones making those little graphics like how do you stop this offense? We're the ones doing that for good reason because it makes sense on paper that this offense should dominate. And they did nothing. And it wasn't just one time, it was twice in a row, back to back three and outs. The first, you know possession of the second half three and a, I mean just failure after failure categorical failure after categorical failure and this is not enough from Kellen Moore we simply we're, we are way too invested we are at way too important of a time to just say you know what Kellen good job man you got Michael Gallup had a badass catch Kellen you deserve a lot of credit for that for the points that you put up on the board offensively no it's not enough this isn't and here's the thing we said this after the Thanksgiving Day loss the Cowboys have five games left four of them are against the trash NFC East Two of them are against Washington. One of the remaining games, the only non-NFC East one, ironically so, is against the Cardinals. And so... I don't I mean they could win all these games just like this and we would feel terrible going into the wild card round because it's hard to believe in teams that win like this. This is how Washington won on Monday night. It's it's a win and it counts and it goes in the win column and it's important for tiebreakers and things like that, but it is not the sign of a good team. It is impressive that you can win in the midst of the storm that the Cowboys have been in from a chaos standpoint, but it is troubling that offensively you have lost your way and you look nothing like the team that was dominating the NFL at the beginning part of the season. So that's that. That's my little, my soapbox, uh, just personally speaking. Uh, let's get to, uh, I think we have one more super chat here from Hector. Thank you very much. Says, added up most of our successful plays. Zeke had a big block, and you're right. We were in trouble. And that's why Zeke's needed a half O line for success. I mean, that's fine, but I mean, that's not sustainable either. I mean, if that's your game plan, Zeke's going to be our, our sixth offensive lineman. Um, you know you're that you're you're up a creek already. Let's see here. Danny says they need to rest Zeke preventive maintenance because the engine is sputtering. Tony Pollard averages ten yards a carry today. Tony Pollard was awesome. He really was. Uh, Scott Paul Crawford. I like this comment. Says this was a super weird week. Multiple coaches out. Thursday game. Ten point road win. Stop whining. I like this comment because it's true. But again, Scott, nobody's whining. This these are fair demerits to you know to to drop on the Cowboys. Odessa says it's a hollow win hollows a a a hard word to take um but it is uh let's see uh i don't know what your point here is ek so if you could elaborate but ek says dak led us to 13 points shut it up um i don't know if you're bragging or not um if you or if you're talking to somebody else in the comments 13 points is not enough i mean it's it's not it's It's enough against Taysom Hill, uh, but you're not going to get to play Taysom Hill every single week. And so it's it's tough. Let's see here. Christopher Lopez says, Ocho, is it possible that you overestimated the team earlier in the season? I remember telling you not to drink the Kool-Aid. Now you are backtracking. I don't think it's possible that we overestimated it. All of the data proved how elite they were. Things like, you know, the Cowboys offensive EPA per play was incredible early on. It wasn't just like, oh, we we're, we're making this up. We're, you know, whatever. There was legitimate, sound, objective evidence to support that they were, because they actually were an elite offense. It has just dissipated slowly. Scott says the Denver expose us this is a popular question. I, I mean, it's it's hard to disagree with that in in a reality sense. I don't buy that, but I think they, you know, they've had a lot of weird things happen. Now, Julian says, uh, because we've got this interesting, you know, back and forth happening here in in the comment section, we've got the people saying this was not a great win. And then we've got Julian here who says, I'm going to Aaron Rodgers, y'all relax. Julian, I think you're too relaxed. All right. Nobody's saying like, this is the worst team to ever live. But what we are saying is this is not sustainable they have won two of their last five games and they have come against two of the worst teams in the nfl in the atlanta falcons and the new orleans saints they have failed to beat two three really other kind of average teams in the broncos can't wait to see them in the chiefs on sunday night the chiefs have been kind of average this season and the raiders i mean they have just they have sputtered and it's okay it doesn't make you less of a fan to say that the Cowboys won, but you are not satisfied. It's okay. I promise. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Leonard says Dak is hesitant to use his legs, he needs to do that to lessen up the defenses. We have not seen Dak run a lot. And I think that it's fair to say that that element would certainly help uh, this, uh, this Cowboys offense. But right now it's not happening, and that's unfortunate. Um, let's see here um simon says layton is bad i said simon says so nobody like do what i said uh but simon says layton is bad can't tackle in the middle that feels like an appropriate place to kickstart our winners and losers with who were your winners your losers from this game cowboys beat the saints 27 to 17 time for a swig of root beer so first up we'll start um you know i don't know how you you don't start here but tony pollard i mean we already kind of mentioned it Tony Pollard was magnificent in this game, contextually speaking, Uh, gave the Cowboys a huge spark offensively. You have a 58-yard touchdown. I mean, you're going to make the winner's list, so good for Tony Pollard. Um, A lot of you are already ahead of things. Christopher Lopez uh, says, curse and Micah. Let's see here. Uh, Johnny Boy says, winner Micah. Um, You know what, guys? I agree with you. Micah freaking Parsons. Oh, my gosh. I mean... Let's see here. Actually, Micah Parsons uh just said at the podium right now that he has 10 sacks, obviously, on the season, and he is not satisfied. His quote, gotta complete the whole mission. Super Bowl. Love that, Micah. Have big goals. We I mean, Micah's the only dude backing up, you know, things right now. He is the only superstar playing like a superstar on a game in game out basis. The other superstars, the other people whose jerseys hang in the Cowboys pro shop, they are not playing like superstars every single week. But Micah Parsons is, I like this comment from Mike carrier, defensive player of the year. We already know he's got defensive rookie of the year is locked up. All right. And, and the, I'm not the first person to bring this up, but defensive player. Of the year. He is well in the running. He is, fantastic i mean i just i i know that there were a lot of us that were you know upset if you want to call it that with the cowboys you know having to draft him with patrick Sertana and jc horn being gone it's okay you know we wanted we wanted a corner we really didn't it's okay to say that but micah parsons has been amazing this sack i mean just just let's get the clip i mean just look.
1: he keeps and down he goes micah parsons got another
2: just an absolute star in this league and a loss of 13 yards and and you would typically say hey as the quarterback you got to get this out it I don't think it's that simple with with Micah Parsons I mean you got one chance to throw it there and when he doesn't Parsons just smothers him up I mean Parsons is 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 not only fast for a linebacker he's fast
0: I see some comments questioning me, saying that he locked it up. To be very clear, I'm saying that he has locked up defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year. Still, obviously, a debate across the rest of the NFL. Uh, Interesting question here. I've lost this comment. I'm looking for it now because I did like it. Uh, Half drummer, uh, which half, says uh, Micah has surpassed Diggs. Uh, if you're with us live, obviously some people watch or listen after the fact, but if you're with us live, who's a better defensive player overall for the Dallas Cowboys, in your opinion? I feel like we might have a debate here. Uh, Dachson Sevens is played again. Please, you know what, Doxon, you can rewind it. We will have highlights, by the way, available on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel on Friday morning, but Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. Who's a better defender for the Dallas Cowboys? I feel like we're going to get maybe like some 40-60, 60-40 answers here. I I don't think it's close. I, I really... I I mean, it's not I mean, Trayvon has the interceptions and that's fun and that's cool and everything. And, you know, fine. You know, Aiden Diggs is awesome. Like, you know, and and the great thing about this is is we can have both. Um, But I mean, it is not a contest. Micah Parsons is insane. I mean, just the, the gap is 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 unreal. Nice to see that we're all kind of in agreement here. Um I do disagree with Armick King's his 9 interceptions are greater than 10 sacks. Um I think like I uh- In in the context of what a sack and interception mean, maybe like in a vacuum, I agree with that. But I think Micah's contribution has just far superseded Trayvon Diggs's so much Uh, as VT notes, the comments are 99 percent Micah Um, very, very much agreed. Micah has been fantastic. Uh, But Trayvon Diggs also did make the winner's list. You can't not put him on here, especially this season. Um, Yeah, I like this comment. Brian says, Diggs is a do-or-die player. Micah is the better all-around and overall player. I think we would all agree with that. But, um, I mean, man, Trayvon got another interception, dropped another one, could have had two tonight. Uh, But Trayvon Diggs gets his ninth interception of the season against the New Orleans Saints.
1: The rookie takes over for Jordan Lewis. And he'll throws. he's picked. Another one for Diggs. Number nine.
2: And now a three interception night for this Cowboys defense. I see what Hill is trying to do. It's a, it's a, a rolled corner. He's got safety help. He's trying to drop it in behind him, but that's just the tracking ability.
0: I mean, seriously, I mean, really nice, really awesome, really fun. Um, Happy for Trayvon gets back. I mean, he's probably going to get at least 10 interceptions this season. We all would have signed up for that at the beginning of the year. Very cool. Very fun. Uh, but yeah, Micah Parsons is um, is, is just different. So uh, Lonnie, thank you for the super chat. Says, I think Micah is the best player on our team. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you right now, uh, Lonnie. Uh, Lonnie adds, we, including myself, never thought he was getting, that we was getting this player in the draft. Micah is special. I tell you what, I told my wife when the game was on, I said, you know what? I'm ready for a Parsons jersey. I can't decide what I want. I'm 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 ready to be sold by the way. I don't know if I want wider navy, so if you have if you have a passionate thought about this, uh, my DMs are open on Twitter. Wider navy Parsons jersey, but I'm ready to commit. I'm ready to go there. I mean, that's and that's obviously, you know, the most meaningful thing. Uh, but uh, but seriously, Micah Parsons is amazing. Let's get back to our winners. We already mentioned Tony Pard, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. Uh, I saw somebody in the comments mention this and got ahead of me, Jaron Kurse. Uh, curse has really been, um, just, uh, I saw somebody tweeted this at me during the game, maybe the the free agent signing of the year for the Cowboys. I think you can make, um, a, a case. Lots of you saying Navy, by the way, I love the white Jersey, but everybody's kind of team Navy. So interesting. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, I think J Ron has been the most impactful free agent for the Cowboys this season. He has been, I mean, like, you know, we love to say the word opportunistic. We, we love to say that this Cowboys defense or this Cowboys defense as a whole is opportunistic with their takeaways, their turnovers, et cetera, et cetera. Trayvon Diggs is, is emblematic of that. Jaron ron Curse has kind of been that. Jaron's had these great moments as of late, had the great interception in Kansas City, the really great focus off the Travis Kelsey tip and had the one early on tonight. I mean, this is just this is difficult. I mean, this is a difficult physical act. Uh J-Ron Curse, congratulations on making the winners list.
1: Make sure both feet are in. Parsons was in coverage on Stills. The catch. And
2: he drags the feet for the pick. That's the toad drag swag. We'll be seeing it on Good Morning Football. It's a great play. Wow. Yeah, really good. It, in real time, it, it well, the right now did he secure the catch. And I think, you know, the feet are in. But from that angle, it becomes a little different story, potentially. As he's going to the ground here, the left hand comes off it. Let's check in with Mike Pereira back in Los
1: Angeles.
0: I know it's his instinct, but I I do find it funny that Trayvon is like fully out of bounds and, and and he's got his arms ready to intercept the ball. Um, there was a comment here about the, the PBU from Caleb Swanson. Thank you. Uh it says the PBU was massive for us too in that highlight. Shocker, you know, when Micah Parsons is uh is around the ball, good things happen. Uh Joe Smith asks, is Micah a top five defensive player in the league? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's I mean, he's up there. I mean, like, I think if if you build a list, and we don't have to waste the time doing it, but I mean, the list includes Aaron Donald, TJ Watt. I mean, we're talking all these players when healthy. Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons is in there. And then, you know, we're we're debating, we're splitting hairs on a lot of different guys. Maybe you're splitting hairs on Micah, but I mean, he is unquestionably in that mix he is a defensive force he is a defensive game changer he is so awesome uh looks like the navy jersey is the one coming my way nice early christmas present uh let's see here uh let's keep moving on but Jaron ron curse is a winner i like this comment from larry it says rj how about that cornerback anthony brown with a bounce back game really really impressive game i thought for anthony brown Obviously it wasn't hard to bounce back if we're being clear um last week was rough um but um but, yeah, good for Anthony Brown. Uh, okay, let's go. Uh, more winners here. We've already discussed Tony Pollard, Micah Parsons, J1 Curse, Trayvon Diggs. How can you not put Carlos Watkins on the list? I mean, how how can you not put Carlos Watkins on the list? I mean, just this was awesome. And, and like, this is the moment that we'll hold on to, obviously, over the course of the mini-buy. We're upset. You know, we, we wish the game was better. We wish the offense played better. But um, But getting this was a really nice moment for the team overall. And specifically for Dan Quinn. Great moment for Dan Quinn
1: flag on the play another interception and this is Watkins to the end zone but a flag is down and it looks like it's going to stand
0: Who didn't enjoy that? I really don't know. Uh, My last winner, I do have six winners, Michael Gallup. Uh, There was not a lot to celebrate offensively, uh, but this touchdown from Michael Gallup, and we have seen some incredible Michael Gallup touchdowns, all right, over over time. But this Michael Gallup touchdown, as I get ready to play, this was just, I mean, I was going to say chef's kiss, but like chef's kiss doesn't really cover.
1: Here's one of the end zone. Gallup twisting and a touchdown.
2: Grab by Michael Gallup, and we'll make sure both feet got down. What a catch if it stands. Well, you see the rubber come up. I oh, mean, yeah. As soon, yeah, as soon as he caught it, you saw that live. The rubber from that field turf comes up, and it's a good opportunity for these officials. Pretty clean right there. What a job by Michael Gallup, going up and making the play, knowing where he is in the end zone, and then getting his feet in.
0: The time has come. All right, now, I know that your answers are going – to be long, but if you have to give me your top loser, now we're we've done winners, all right? was called winners, losers, and honorable mentions. You have to give me your top loser. That's the that's the question. Well, who is your top loser on the Dallas Cowboys from their win uh, <laughs> from their win against the New Orleans Saints on Thursday night? I have three. Now, I did kind of cheat. Uh, to be honest with you, um, a lot of you answering your top loser. Um, our simpatico with me. We've already talked about it, but man, Kellen Moore. I mean, this was th- th- this was an opportunity, I think, for Kellen. Um, if you want to be dramatic, and I'm not saying that we should be, but you know, with Mike McCarthy not there tonight, this was an opportunity for Kellen to really kind of impress a lot of people. This was a nationally televised game, an island game, the only game on Thursday Night Football, obviously. And if the Cowboys offense had come out and been, you know, lights out, had been on fire, especially responding from from the game that everybody watched last week against the Raiders, um, that could have gone a long way for Kellen, I think, in terms of head coaching opportunities. He might still, you know, um, m- might still, you know, get some interviews and whatnot. Maybe he gets a job. Maybe he gets an offer. Who knows? But um, this was a really 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 bad game for Kellen Moore and it's it, you know I know there's a lot of people who don't want to hear that because the Cowboys won and, and you just want to you know sunshine and rainbows but this was the worst game that Kellen Moore has ever coached for the Dallas Cowboys. This was actually a worst game. This was the worst performance that Kellen Moore has ever had being affiliated with the Dallas Cowboys which includes his time as a player which was awful. Um I mean this was really just no creativity, stubbornness, um, laziness. I mean, really just a gross, disastrous performance on offense. I mean, the Cowboys won in spite of Kellen Moore on Thursday night. Like we said, Dak was there. Amari, CD, Gallup, Tyron, Martin, Lyell. Tyler B. is playing really well. I mean, you know... It, All the pieces were there. I mean, if anything, you know, the defense is the one still missing Randy Gregory, still missing Neville Gallimore, right? The the offense had everything going for them, and they played a New Orleans Saints team that, yes, did have a promising defense early on this season, but lately has been trashed. I mean, the Buffalo Bills had their way with the Saints. The Philadelphia Eagles had their way with the Saints, and Kellen Moore could not find a way to have. I mean, you don't have to have it your way. I mean, just, just have it some way. Like, ha- have it some minuscule way, Kellen. I mean, just a really, really embarrassing performance from Kellen Moore. One of the worst. I I mean, I, I know this sounds dramatic. One of the biggest losers of the season. We do this after every game. Winners, losers, honorable mentions. This is one of the biggest losers that we have handed out. Not to show the biggest loser, uh, but one of the biggest losers we have handed out because Kellen was awful. I mean, this this was just a really really dreadful performance, something the Cowboys absolutely have to get right. Uh, f Kit Crutch says Kellen Moore is overrated. Uh, Tommy Peters says Kellen Moore is uh, definitely a loser. Jay Wynn says trying too hard to establish the run when it obviously wasn't going to happen. Yeah, Kellen, I mean, just you know, just just be cool, you know, just just be cool. That's all we're asking. A lot of you uh, brought this name up, and we haven't brought it up yet ourselves, but he is on the losers list. Leighton Van Der Esch. Man. All right. Let's have this conversation. All right. We've, we're all nice and worked up here. Yikes. Um, Leighton, man. Um, not good. Not good. Uh, not good at all. Uh, from Leighton Vanderish. I'm going to ask this question and I know this is going to trigger you. All right. Because I know you We're we're close. You and me, I'm talking directly to you. I would like your answers. If you are with us live. Who is a w- worse... I'll put it this way. Who do you trust less on the Dallas Cowboys defense? All right? Your two options are Leighton vanderesh and Anthony Brown. Who do you trust less? Those are your two options. I would like your, op- your answers, whether you're watching on YouTube Live, whether you're watching on Facebook Live. If you're watching or listening after the fact on YouTube or on our podcast network, you can tweet at me or send me a message on Instagram or email me, whatever. All of the answers... Make me so sad uh, that they are Leighton Van Der Esch. VT uh, says AB. That's the only I'm looking. Uh, Nico says that is tough. Thank you. That's the thing. I'm, I'm here to put you in compromising positions, Nico. Um, uh, Armando says Anthony Brown on uh, on Facebook. Most of the answers here. I'm just trying to like guess what the percentage is. I would say 90 to 95 percent of people here are saying Leighton Van Der Esch. We do have an occasional AB. That says a lot right? Like (laughs) that, that really, really says a lot. I mean, and that, I mean, that hurts. I mean, now, uh, shy city says LVE, not even close, not even close shy city. Goodness gracious. Um, I mean, that's, that's where, where it's gotten to. And, you know, he's had a, a relatively healthy season, right? I mean, he hasn't been asked to do much. I mean, the Cowboys aren't necessarily hiding him um but he's just he's a liability i mean that's that's the that's the point blank truth of it all now um i love your comments here scott says ab makes some plays nathan says ab had one bad game lve has been garbage for weeks i kind of agree with all this brady says brown is pretty good he just has some really bad games sometimes yeah i mean like anthony brown's like floor is maybe lower, but the floor is is not a common thing. It is a consequential thing. When, when the floor is hit, it's a really terrible thing, but it isn't like an all-the-time thing. Leighton's floor is really close to his ceiling, right? Like the parameters for what you're going to get from Leighton Vanders. Leighton, you know, early in this game, Leighton had an interception, right? Like if, if Leighton is a faster linebacker, you know, Carlos Watkins might not be the only player with a pick six on this defense tonight. I mean, Leighton Vanders just... I mean, man, I love this comment from Tommy Peters says the loss of Jabril Cox is huge now. Um, Yeah, I do think the Cowboys are really missing Jabril Cox. They're having to depend on Leighton Van Rish. The defense, I want to be very clear here, played really well, all things considered. I know they got gashed a couple of times by Taysom Hill, but they were out there forever. They weren't getting any favors from their offense. But man, I just, um, Leighton has really reached that point. This was a rough game for him too. And so, you know, that perspective that we trust Anthony Brown more than him, man. We've come a long way, guys. We've come a long way. Uh, let's get back to our losers, though, our non uh, latent losers. We have Kellen Moore, Layton Van Drish. I mentioned that I cheated. Now, I don't have Dak Prescott on this list, uh, to be very clear here. I'm fine if you want to put Dak on your losers list. He did not play well. I'm not trying to absolve him of any blame, but, you know, it's just the, the offense. Like, you could put the whole offense here except for maybe Michael Gallup and CD Lamb and Amari, right? They all had their kind of moments. Uh, and Tony Pollard, fine. But my, you could put Dak on this list. I did not do it. I lumped the entire offensive line together. This group has been not good um as of late. I mean, you know, Tyron had the weird play against Vegas. I mean, we have just not seen there is this misconception right and you know this because you deal with people in your life you know that probably aren't cowboys fans there's this misconception among your casual average football fan like man the cowboys they have the best offensive line in the nfl what like since when like when when was who what have you what have you been watching you know they're they're fine you know they're a, a top 13 14 offensive line but they are not the best offensive line in the NFL. They have not played like even a top 13, 14 group as of late. And some of that was Tyrant Smith was out, right? Um, but some of it has been the coaching staff, right? I mean, last week against Vegas on Thanksgiving, the rotation they had for no reason, taking out Terrence Steele and Connor McGovern for Lyle Collins and Connor Williams. They can't, you know, like McCarthy and, and obviously didn't coach in this game, but the Cowboys have loved to say, oh, man, we, we value continuity on the offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. They're the ones disrupting that. They're the ones distorting that purposely, intentionally. And so this has not been uh, a, a really reliable offensive line all season long. And again, they've had their challenges, and that's fair. And then every team has had challenges. But this has, um, this has been a rough go. I mean – I'll, I'll ask you this question. I think I'm doing a great job of, of making you think. That's my job here. And I really, spoiler alert, sometimes I ask questions because they give me an opportunity to take a sip of my drink. Which offensive lineman do you trust the most? That's my question to you right now. Which offensive lineman on the Dallas Cowboys do you trust the most? We're having this conversation after the Cowboys just beat the New Orleans Saints on Thursday Night Football 27-17. Which offensive lineman do you trust the most as I take a sip, this is diet AW root beer for anyone who's curious. Jerry did drink these on hard knocks again, in case anybody's curious, a uh, lot of answers for Zach Martin. I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, you know, Caleb says Martin without a doubt. I'm not going to sit here and say that Zach Martin is not the answer. Um, Dale does say none of them. <laughs> um, But where I was kind of going with this is I've lost it out. F kit crutch. First person I saw that said this Tyler Biotish. I think you can make, again, I'm not going to argue against Zach Martin. I'm not going to, you know, waste any of our time doing that. But I think you can make an argument that Tyler Biotish is at least the second most trustworthy offensive lineman on the team, right? Even Tyron isn't that trustworthy right now. Lyle isn't that trustworthy. There's nothing at left guard that's trustworthy right now. You can make an argument that Tyler Biotish has entered the category of trust in a way that we never would have thought. I mean, after the season opener against the Buccaneers, we thought he was so far and away the worst offensive lineman on the team. We were saying, try Connor McGovern at center, try Connor Williams at center. We were trying all these different things. And Tyler Bionish, I guess my point here is he has really blossomed into a stable force along the offensive line. Is he better than Zach Martin? No, of course not. But, I mean, he is still really, I think, impressing, Given the context again, of who he's been, who he was, et cetera. It's only a second year in the NFL. And so um, not not a winner or anything, but just just interesting to kind of show how things can change over the course of a season. So uh, but loser at the offensive line, we have three honorable mentions. Honorable mentions can be good or bad, right? You know, it's your honorable mention. I'm not going to make the rules up for you. Um, So I have three honorable mentions. We've gotten through winners, through losers. It is now time for honorable mentions. First up, we cannot go this whole conversation without giving him his credit. Dan Quinn. uh, Great game for Dan Quinn. Uh, Hectic, chaotic crazy week for him obviously to come in to you know be the head coach and come down on the sideline let Dan Quinn be on the sideline quit putting him in the booth let Dan Quinn be on the sideline if he wants to I like seeing the hugs that he has with the players uh great job really happy for Dan Quinn I do wonder if Dan Quinn um is in the the head coaching cycle the interview cycle this coming off season. I feel like he has to be um so Dan Quinn gets uh, our first honorable mention for obvious reasons. Um, Congratulations to him. Uh, Now I do not have him on my list, but Michael Daniels has Osa Adigizua. Totally fine with this. Osa had a great game. Osa has also impressed. If Micah Parsons did not exist, Osa Ediguzuway would be the front runner for defensive rookie of the year. It is unfortunate for him that he plays on the same team as Micah Parsons. That is uh, that is tough cookies, but you know it is what it is. So a lot of you saying Osa. Next honorable mention for me. Some of you also mentioned him, Demarcus Lawrence. All right, I know, I know he doesn't get sacks. Uh, blah blah. That was a fumble. I don't care what you say. The are always going forward. Nah, that's a fumble to me. That that will be a fumble in my heart for the rest of my life. You can't change my mind. DeMarcus Lawrence first game back since the season opener against the Buccaneers I thought he was great I thought that you know we saw maybe not vintage DeMarcus Lawrence but there is still obviously you know a lot that he has to give to this team he is an elite player I know there's a lot of you who are unappreciative who don't see what he offers he is going to make this defense better and this defense was really good already and this defense is now getting help Randy Gregory's coming back Neville Gallimore's coming back this defense and and I think you know, when we, um, w- when we assess kind of what we're upset about, right, we're panicked in a, in a little bit of a sense because the Cowboys' offense hasn't been playing well. If I had told you at the beginning of this season, um, you know, one side of the ball is going to be figured out as we start December and one's going to be in a little bit of a questionable place, what would you want that to be? I think we would have taken what our current reality is, right? We would have said, you know what, give me a great defense, I know the offense can be great. I will trust that they will figure it out. And so I think it's it's a it's an encouraging thing that the defense is playing well enough to win them a game because this defense did win them this game in New Orleans. And so if the offense can get back on track, we know that they can be an elite offense because we've seen it with our own eyes. Um, you know, that that would be a nice I, again, I, I think. You can't always have it all. You can't have the best offense, the best defense, best special teams, best stadium, best uniforms. You can't have everything in the NFL. But if you could have one thing, I think we would have said, give us the defense and we'll trust that the offense will figure itself out. And that's where we're at. So I think that's important context as well. But uh, welcome back to Marcus Lawrence. A lot of you, uh, a lot of Brian Anger comments uh, tonight. Interesting. Kevin says, have to agree, Anger is underappreciated. It's not, I mean, like, I don't want to, you know, disparage Brian Anger, but it's not hard to look better than Chris Jones, people. I mean, but Brian Anger, hey, give him his credit. He was the, I don't know if anybody knows this, fun fact, he was actually the inspiration for Rich Eisen's punters are people to rant uh, that happened back in 2012. My final honorable mention, Jordan Lewis. Uh, Jordan Lewis always has a big moment against the New Orleans Saints. Always, always does. Jordan Lewis rules. Jordan Lewis had a great game here. You know, we had the interception that he was a big part of. Jordan Lewis, just just solid game, solid defender, solid corner. It's kind of just who he's been, just a dirty work kind of guy. Jordan Lewis deserves a lot of credit for hanging around this song, being stable, being fine, being a great floor, being just a, a fine player for this Cowboys defense. You can't have a defense of Micah Parsons' but if you can have Micah Parsons' and Jordan Lewis's and Anthony Brown's and Demarcus Lawrence's and Osa you can you can win some games. That's what happened tonight in New Orleans. Brian, think of the Super Chat says everyone's saying it. I'll pay for it. Brian Anger needs some love. It's nice to have a punter that can really flip field position like he does. You know what? I know I kind of glossed over it, but Brian Anger, you know, there was early on in the game the, the penalty on the punt uh, that New Orleans made the Cowboys repunt, and Brian Anger and his golden foot just basically nullify the penalty. I mean, I agree with you guys. Like, it is He is a weapon, and I don't think enough people pay enough attention to Obviously, to kickers and punters. They are valuable. And he was not on the list. All right. But um, I will say that I think that Greg Zerline could have been on the honorable mentions list. We gave Greg a really hard time after the loss against the Raiders. His missed extra point. And here is a comment from Tim Lowe says says, says Hey, Greg didn't miss a kick. Um, it was a nice performance nice bounce back didn't miss a kick like like Tim said um so that's impressive for Greg Zerline I mean hey he did his job is what a lot of you are going to say but kudos to Greg Zerline um it was a close game from a score standpoint the Cowboys obviously you know made it a little bit different there at the end but um you know it's um it's nice uh Anthony by the way says thank you Brian for the punter love um Kevin about Greg Zerline says wow he made a kick in the second quarter. The bar is low for Greg Zerlina for being clear. Um, in in closing, you know, the Cowboys. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, noise of the boys podcast says Greg had to show up the Maharati. That's right. Greg's that's, that's clearly what it was. Greg Zerlina showed up, said, so this is, this is the guy. This is the guy that you used to let wear number two. My number, my number two, this, this is the cat that you let wear this thing. All right. I'm going to show you by the way. Brett Maher, love you. Thank you for missing that field goal. We've been there. We know that's how you roll. Um, As Kevin says, Maher is still Maher, though. So closing thoughts. um, Was this the best we've ever seen the Dallas Cowboys look? No. Are they the worst team in the NFL? No. Are they going to win the NFC East? Very likely so. Um, They're probably actually going to win the NFC East. I mentioned, uh, you know, Christmas present. They're probably going to win the NFC East soon enough for you to ask somebody in your life for an NFC East championship t-shirt and cap for Christmas. All right. They are going to host a playoff game, right? These things are very likely going to happen. And so they're in a weird spot where, you know, they kind of have the luxury of being able to figure things out. They have some low quality teams on their schedule up next, next three games, Washington, New York, Washington. And that's a, you know, if you need, if you need three tries to get right, you know, that's it. I mean, like, you can't ask for uh, for a better spell. Most importantly, I think the most important thing, and this isn't trying to just, you know, just be optimistic, et cetera, um, but they get this mini buy, and I think that we all agree this was really needed. This has been a long, you know... Two and a half weeks that they've been going through, and especially with all the the factors and the details that came about this week uh, relating to Mike McCarthy and everybody being in the COVID protocol. And, and if, it goes without saying our, our thoughts and our prayers, our well wishes with McCarthy and everybody else and their families. Um, this this will be a nice breath of fresh air to just kind of calm down. They got to this point. They got to the they're going to get to the second week in December with an eight and four record. And that's, we would have taken that. We, and we have to remember that we can't get greedy. We, we would have taken that. We would have taken a defense that's generating turnovers. That's helping them win games. And we would have said, you know what? We're not pumped um, about an offense. That's not scoring, but we, we think they'll figure it out. And it's, it's fair to have hope, but it's also fair to hope that something changes because what they are trying to do right now, this, You know, simplistic run up the middle, nothing creative stuff going on. That's not going to work. And so hopefully the Cowboys get in the lab this week, get everything together uh, and get ready for uh, for a lot of NFC East football for a division championship and then hopefully for um a long playoff run so uh it is what it is uh thank you to anthony the gamer for the super chat uh, thank you rj for all the great cowboys news appreciate it you guys rule uh once again on behalf of my family thank you for the well wishes uh, on the birth of our son it really does mean a lot uh brian thank you again for the super chat here uh telling me to take a nap gonna try uh gonna try so um let's let's enjoy the weekend if you um th- just do me a favor, take take a moment this weekend, do something non-football related. Watch a movie, watch a show, watch Hawkeye. You know what I mean? This is this is the best weekend of being a Cowboys fan if they win. And we didn't get this last year because I don't know if you remember this second Thursday game got got postponed due to COVID and was played actually the following Wednesday. And so when we get to this point, it's really, really rare that it lines up this week where the Cowboys are this, you know, surefire playoff team. They win that second Thursday game. We get this whole weekend now to kind of enjoy and to really take a, you know, this is our last breath right before, you know, going underwater for the, the stretch run of the regular season. Enjoy it. This has been such a dramatic season. Obviously we've had a lot of highs. We've had a lot of lows, um, a lot of emotions, a lot of frustrations, but this has been a fun ride and there's still a lot of fun left to be had. And so we're really excited obviously about sharing it with you here at Blogging the boys. And so, um, let's, um, Let's keep this party going. Uh, We will have our highlight show available for you tomorrow on Friday on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. We will have podcasts for you throughout the weekend. We have podcasts that drop every single day on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. If you are interested in supporting us, please subscribe to the Blog of the Boys podcast network wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things help us out. Please subscribe here to the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. Again, subscriptions are are what really helps us out if you do want to support us in any way, shape, or form. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me from all across the blog and the boys universe, a multiverse of sorts. Hopefully you got your no way home tickets. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. My DMs are open. If you have any comments, questions, criticisms, points of concern, uh, I would love to hear what you have to say. If email is more your speed, you can hit me up RJ.Ochoa at SBNation.com. If I haven't spoken to you since then, a very happy belated Thanksgiving to you and yours. Uh, It's the best time of the year. Uh, Some people say it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys are waiting for, and they're headed for the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, uh, we love you all, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.